Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. I am your host, Rain Coleman, and we have something very special for you all. We will be discussing a vampire in Brooklyn, or Vampire in Brooklyn, rather. The 1995 cult classic starring Eddie Murphy and Angela Bassett. This is part of the Blood Suite for October. Carefree Black Nerd comes something a little different. So. For centuries, they have roamed the earth. Fearsome creatures of the night, endlessly seeking to satisfy an unyielding hunger. Now, the world's last vampire is about to encounter something infinitely more terrifying than himself. Brooklyn. Interesting. I've been stabbed. And I've been hanged, even broken on the rack once, but I've never been shot before. It kind of itches a little. Paramount Pictures presents... If you're hungry, I'll run you down to KFC down the street and hit you off with a two-piece. I already had Italian. Eddie Murphy. Do I look like I would buy it to you? Angela Bassett. You bet not. Not after the day I've had. Eddie Murphy. Everything! Come on! Move it! Yeah, yeah, right. There's a lot of love in this room. Look at this. And Eddie Murphy. Bottom line, brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to tell you tonight is that evil is good. Let me hear y'all say it. Evil is good. Right? If he fails here... Quickest way to a woman's heart is through the church. It's actually through the ribcage, but that's a bit messy. Being undead, you got the dropsies. Won't be worth living. I'm a cop. If you uh, try anything funny, I'll shoot you. Women. Vampire in Brooklyn. I would love to have you for dinner. This movie, y'all, like, wow. So, for those of you who have been under a rock or born after 95 or just not quite in touch with the blackness that is Vampire in Brooklyn, this is a movie about Maximilian. He is the only survivor of a race of vampires on a Caribbean island. And as a vampire, he must find a mate to keep in line, or to keep the line from ending. (laughs) He knows that a child has been born to a woman who had a vampire father, and he searches for her in Brooklyn. Rita's mother, who has died in an asylum, was that woman, and Rita has nightmares that she does not understand. Not knowing that she is part vampire, Max woos her and attempts to bring her to his blood-sucking destiny. Even though Rita has strange dreams and actions, Justice, her partner, has feelings for her and does not want her involved with this stranger Max, but it is Rita who must decide her destiny. Fam. <clears throat> All right, so right off top, Vampire in Brooklyn, fantastic film, 1995 rated R. This was a movie that 
I've watched countless times growing up. And when I hear that someone hasn't seen it, I'm definitely giving them a side eye unless you're like, I don't know, 16. But this movie is a comedy, fantasy, horror, romance film. Who says you can't have it all? Now, funny enough, there was comedy in this. And with Eddie Murphy's name attached, you would think so. But it wasn't really... I don't know. It wasn't really there for me. So let's go over some basics. Vampire in Brooklyn, 1995. It's an American film, dark horror comedy. Um, yeah. So the comedy thing kind of, I'm, I'm hung up on that, but kind of not. When it came to black films and black properties in the nineties, if you have been listening to carefree black nerd long enough, you should be aware of, we watch this. It's a podcast I have with Cole Jackson, who is of BYNK Radio fame. We did Black Lightning and a slew of other things. Uh, Prince of, uh, First Prince of Bel-Air Pod and all that good stuff. We reviewed Waiting to Exhale on the We Watch This Podcast um, feed. And one of our big concerns was like, why was this marketed as a comedy? This was not a comedy. Now, you don't have that same direct issue with this film, but... There's some stuff going on kind of behind the scenes that has it kind of weird that it's labeled that, but I digress. So, um, this stars Eddie Murphy. He is the one who produced it with Vernon Lynch and uh, Charlie Murphy, Eddie's older brother. Now, the film co-stars Angela Bassett, Alan Pay, Kadeem Hardison, John Witherspoon, Zake Mocha, and uh, Joanna Cassidy. And I feel like I'm saying Mocha, Mocha. Zakes okay. Mm, so sorry, young man. I'm butchering his name. Um, but they um, they played these roles expertly well. Of course, Eddie Murphy had a few additional roles. He played um, an alcoholic preacher, Preacher Pauly, and a foul-mouthed Italian gangster, Guido. Now, that's really where the comedy came in. Like, there were aspects that were kind of funny, but Guido and Pauly were specifically like the 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 funny the comic relief now Wes Craven directed this screenplay was by Charlie Murphy uh Michael Lucker Chris Parker so this was a really good movie I think it came in at an hour hour and 40 something minutes and this was the final film produced under Eddie Murphy's exclusive contract with Paramount Pictures, um, and that actually began with 48 Hours back in 1982. And it also included the Beverly Hills Cop franchise, which ran from 84 to 94. Now, Vampire in Brooklyn was released theatrically in the United States on October 27th of 1995, and it received mostly negative reviews and failed to meet that studio's expectations at the box office. Funny enough, because over the years... Of course, it's become a cult classic. And when they say this, a lot of times I wonder, when you say something has failed, is it that it's not bringing into the numbers that you expect? Or is it not bringing in, like, is, are those numbers indicative of certain demographics? Because I know all my life, black people have loved this movie. We have enjoyed this campy, kooky-ass movie. Um, but there's that. So... Eddie Murphy plays Maximilian, who is a Caribbean vampire, which is like, let's start there. What is with the Caribbean accent? Now, I am not Caribbean. There may be some lineage in there, but I was not raised in any Caribbean island I visited. Sure. 
I would like to know to my Caribbean listeners out there, was any of this offensive? Like, I would truly like to know. Me, from where I'm sitting with my Midwestern American upbringing, it was like, uh, this is camp. This is a different accent. It wasn't offensive to me, but I'm not in a position to be offended. And I'm not, like, calling out for (laughs) anger and frustration, but I'm just curious because that was a choice. And I wonder what made this so significant. Is it the, um, like, the spiritual cultural side of the caribbean or like because like what because he could have just been a vampire in brooklyn um and you know maybe not maybe not maybe the caribbean was what suits him the best but i always wondered if this was slight offensive or silly or over the top because it's clearly camp the movie is um but this was actually a pretty good movie and that's something i do love about the 90s and it may just be the nostalgic part but having those films from back in the day that gave you beginning, middle, and end in a possible sequel, but if not, oh well, because it was a tight story where you felt like everything that needed to happen happened and nothing was truly lost. In this day and age, with reboots and expansions and and everything having several um, installments, like those, I miss those. I miss those movies. Uh, so the movie opens up with this ship being docked into this ship harbor, whatever. John Witherspoon and Kadeem Hardison are watching uh, Family Feud. And this ship just kind of rushes in. Folks is bloody and beat up and murdered all over the place. And it's such a chaotic movie, but it's so fucking black. And can I say this cast? My God. These motherfuckers were beautiful. Like every person on camera was like gorgeous you know i mean siege his own beauty and eye the beholder and all that but everybody alan payne kadeem hardison angela bassett eddie was looking good i mean that wig was a little it was a little lacy but you know he was like everybody looked good and I'm hoping it's not me with my nostalgic 90s eyes, but everybody looked freaking good. And uh, there's a very, it just might be me showing my age, that I like have these wonderful feelings from that time long ago. But this this cast was a beautiful cast. Uh, So Angela Bassett plays Rita. Rita is who Eddie is looking for. She is the uh, the daughter of a vampire, and she's half-blood. And y'all know, If you've made it this far, you already know I'm a Twilight fan. I will not um, be embarrassed behind it. It just is what it is. I like that franchise. It's silly. It's over the top. It's melodramatic, but I like it. But I do compare a lot of things to Twilight, not because it's the standard, but just seeing the kind of evolution of vampire depiction throughout the years. And... Of course, we got the Draculas and whatnot, but fuck all that. I'm talking about when it comes to of color and, and more contemporary stuff. And this, don't beat me up, y'all, but it's very much like an anti-Twilight story where, like, Bella was definitely like, oh, hell yeah, Edward, I'm in. Give me that glittery, shiny, bedazzled body and press it all up against me. Whereas with Maximilian him and Rita, it was very much like he's on the hunt. 
and I guess a more traditional vampire human relationship. But I, I, I loved. Ah, I just I. I didn't realize how much I love this movie. And so Rita and Alan Payne, who plays Justice, they are partners. They show up to investigate what happened with this ship, see all these dead bodies, trying to figure out what's what. Now, one thing that the movie, I don't think, did a really great job was with Rita's visions and nightmares. So apparently her mother was um, in an insane asylum, and would seem that it's hereditary that she has also inherited some of her mother's uh, mental issues. And maybe the movie did them enough. And I could be looking through the lens of like, yeah, I think I may, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm still going to say the same thing, but I'm going to kind of pull it back a bit. So I think that with Rita's visions, a lot of it, like starting in the um, ship where she uh, opened the coffin and saw her own dead body and got bit. Then when she got home, and had this weird dream that felt real where she opened the elevator in her apartment. It was her, like, kind of crucified inside the um, the elevator. But I, I kind of feel like the intention with that, which was, oh, she has these visions, she paints these visions, and then they ultimately come true. It felt more or less, I don't know, like, here's this chaoticness, let's give this to her. I don't know, I'd have to sit with that a bit, but y'all let me know, because initially my thought was, this feels like you're just giving her something, and it fits with the story, but something to make her different and play up the mental health part. It didn't feel like it fed directly into like this premonition shit, like, oh my God, I can see so-and-so crucified, I can see so-and-so swimming in blood, so I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, y'all let me know. So, Rita... Injustice are investigating these murders. Kadeem Hardison plays a character who is um, him and John Witherspoon. I think they're nephew and uncle, and they are supposedly bad guys. Like I guess running numbers or something. Like he's running from some dude, some Italian mob dude. This first of all, this is a '90s movie, so it is very stereotypical. Like it's very much, it's 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 giving you '90s. It's giving what the '90s gave, and. Yet and still, I love this movie. Um, so, <laughs> so in the movie, we ultimately get this dance or this um, hunter prey, where Eddie Murphy, who plays Maximilian, is essentially trying his best to get Angela Bassett, who plays Rita, to join the dark side. And that's one thing I do like about this film, I guess, when it comes to other vampire flicks, is that it's not just I'm the powerful one, you are the prey, I'm I'm taking you. Or even I'm falling in love with you, now you're mine. He he, Eddie Murphy, or I'm sorry, Maximilian made it a point um to let it be known that he can't just take her. He can't just do his vampire thing. She has to willingly come with him. She He has to woo her in order to get her to join the dark side. All fine and good. Um, and that put, I think that kind of raised the stakes and it made the movie make more sense. Because it wouldn't make sense if I'm this all-powerful vampire and I just need this particular bride. Let me just bite her and make her a vampire and let's go on about our way. But adding that element of like, no, she has to come with me willingly and watch all the things I do to get her to come with me willingly um it he did a lot of manipulation it was very it was comical and it was entertaining 
uh, from the hijinks that he found himself in. And I don't know. I just think this was done well. And I would really like to know what you guys think. Do you think that Vampire in Brooklyn was a movie that was done well? Keeping in mind it's of the 90s. Let's not even bringing in 2022, 2023 mindset. Like looking at the story beginning, middle, and end. Did it feel like a solid story? And I, I personally, I feel like it did. Because um, his plan was to get in her head take everything away from her that was like her support system and make it so that she only needed him. Now, that sounds extremely terrible and very problematic. But if we're looking at the film, and clearly he's not a good guy, quote-unquote good guy, if we're looking at the film and he has this goal to reach and you have to take things different steps to reach that goal, it made sense. It was a very entertaining movie. And also having Justice, Alan Payne, as the foil, who is like also vying for Rita's attention and fighting in this battle that he doesn't even know he's fighting against Maximilian, I just thought it was good. Um, I actually would have enjoyed a second installment or a longer um, runtime. This is of the 80s. Um, I'm sorry, the 90s, so of course we weren't going to get that. But for what this movie presents, this is really good. This is a good ABC plot and whatnot. So the characters. Um, Eddie Murphy, I think, did a stellar job with this, with this character. For me, the wig was a bit much. However... A lot of my critiques with Maximilian, I'm willing to kind of overlook them if what I'm critiquing is part of a Caribbean culture. Because I don't even think they ever said like, oh, he's from Jamaica or oh, he's from Haiti or from like they never, they say he was from some little place in the Bermuda Triangle, but they never said, if I'm remembering correctly, this specific island. And so I'm thinking, is this just fictional made-up Caribbean island to, like, give him a pass? And if so, is there anything about his accessories, uh, clothing, hairstyle that is signature to Caribbean of the, you know, 16-1700? So I do have critiques about, like, his look and whatnot, but it was also so starkly different from the aesthetic of the 90s that I feel like it worked. It fit. He um, had a slight grunge appeal or a slight, like, emo appeal that I think in the 90s seeing him, you would, he would bat an eye, but it wouldn't, it's not like he's walking around with a suit of armor, I'll say that. Um, so all in all, I liked his character. The character design for when he becomes, I don't know how you would describe it, maybe more enraged in his vampire form, that has always been a bit creepy to me. And not even creepy, like scary, just like, this is kind of gross. Um, but I do like that idea of going from very conventionally attractive in humans' uh, perception to this monstrous figure and like back and forth again. Because I think that, that lends itself to a lot of kind of world building because if we're looking at the 90s and we're we're planting this in like real life, how many characters or monsters or figures have been seen that could have been interpreted as other things but were actually vampires? You know, so that's my comic book mind working overtime. Uh, Angela Bass's character, absolutely loved Rita. One thing about her, though, being it 
it being in the 90s, she, like, the romance shit was there. They did a really good job with that. But I wondered, like, to be a cop, a woman cop, black woman cop in the 90s, I don't know. And maybe I'm thinking too much with, like, a current 2022 mind frame. But some of the stuff, like, that getting close with Max, I was like, I don't know if this feels safe. Like, yes, you're a cop, and yes, you have qualifications and, like, physically can more than likely handle yourself. But this feels, like, Max feels very different from James from down the road. And so, I I don't know. But if anybody could pull it off, it was Angela Bassett, and she did that. Um, Her and Justice have this thing that initially, to me, felt like they were just partners. Eventually, it became this like slight kind of relationship they like each other type thing and maybe there just wasn't enough time to like really dig into that from start to finish and i'm thinking that i'm truly looking at this with enjoyment from the 90s but with a lot of my 2022 sensibilities about romance and storytelling because this movie had a lot of work to do it was a horror it was a comedy it had romance and it was like very much a campy black supernatural property. Um, And funny enough, there was not a lot of blood in this movie. Not comparatively to um, other vampire properties of 90s, 2000s, and beyond. Like, there was not as much blood as I thought um, uh, thought it was thinking back on the movie. So, there's that. So, if you are someone who is squeamish about, like, blood and gore, this is a movie you can watch. There will be some jump cuts and there's some things that might kind of get you, but there's no like, what is it? There's the one scene with the heart. There's a heart that gets ripped out, but like it's very 90s where <laughs> Eddie literally put his hand in this man's jacket and then like costume department oh props had him a fake heart. Like that may get you, but there's not. Well, I take that back because Kadeem Hardison, let's talk about him. Uh, Julius' character, he became a ghoul. And he was meant to be the eyes and ears of Max when he is sleeping in the daytime. And he goes from very, very attractive Kadeem to like this gross character. Ears falling off, eyes popping out, skin melting. And when I say gross, it's like this is very much body horror. That's what I mean. And... That actually wasn't as disgusting as I remembered it as a kid. But watching his arc from start to finish and where he ended up brought me so much joy, even though I knew what was coming. Like, I've seen this movie countless times, but I knew what was happening, and I was still like, oh, yes, big fan. So Kadeem did a really good job, and this is a role that I I don't know that I've seen him in much, but this particular role... I think maybe one of his kind as far as my um, my um, roles that I've seen Kadeem in. And he was funny. Like, I'll say he was funny. So if we are looking at the comedy, Guido definitely uh, passed it Polly, And Kadeem did a really good job. There was one scene where, and this is why I love storytelling so much. So there's a scene earlier in the movie where Max and Rita are at this uh, Caribbean nightclub. And you can tell he's, like, getting to his plan. And he could have, 
he asked her to dance and they were going to take to the floor and that is where you you assume he was going to like do all his dirt and make her his queen whatever and it was so early in the movie and when it didn't happen i was like ah okay duh we got more movie and it, it makes when you see stuff like this and you study stories enough you know what to look for and you understand when certain things happen at certain times but Instead of it just being like Justice came over and said, let's go, Rita, you get this very weird, like, monologue, not monologue, I'll say monologue for lack of a better term, from Kadeem where he's like, talking to Rita, do you know who this is? This is motherfucking Maximilian, he can get all the pussy in the world, you better shape up in this and that, and it's so silly because he looks so gross. And it's like, what are you doing? And you can see the frustration. Like, Eddie did a really good job at, like, showing that frustration and anger, but, like, pulling back just enough. And then he's very violent with um, with Julius. But that's, that shit was so, because he's so, his skin is gray. He looks very nasty, especially compared to everyone else who's dancing in the club with them. And... That's the like setback that now makes makes it so that you have to you being Maximilian go in overdrive to learn about this woman to woo her and I was just like man this was so cool like I would have loved to stay in this world a little bit longer and mainly because we don't don't really have when well, now that I sit with it <coughs> a whole hell of a lot of black vampire properties maybe it's more as of late. But none like this, because even Daybreak, I believe, is um, Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg killing vampires. Then you had that first kill Netflix mess series, but that was like black and white, and it was black vampire hunters or monster hunters. Then there was, what was that movie? I think Vampires vs. the Bronx, and that was not black vampires. That was like just vampires. And black people fight. Like, I don't... Like, this has a very special place in my heart because I fucking love vampires and vampire lore. And having these black vampires... Ah! Right up my alley. So, we also have a character, Nikki. Nikki is Rita's roommate. Nikki is like... I, she, I guess she's supposed to be promiscuous. They play her up as like... She comes in as the, the sexy girl who gets killed. Like, that's it. Um, she comes on to Justice while Justice and Rita are having a bit of a disagreement about coffee. And this is where the movie really kind of picked up even more. This was about, I don't know, a quarter of the way in. And it was, this is where I say the movie was done really well because all the events happen. We get to where we get to. But Nikki, being overly suggestive and sexual, she pushes up on Julius. I'm, I'm sorry, Justice. Rita goes to sleep. Rita's like, all right, you can do what you want. They make it seem as if they about to get together, but he leaves. He leaves. Nikki comes down with the keys like, oh, you know what Freud says. If you leave something this important, you didn't really want to go. He's like, all right, I'm gone. Then here comes Max swooping down in his vampire-ness, gets Nikki to get him up to the room. He has sex with her. Uh, kills her, but it sounds to Rita like it's Julian, Julian, Justice, and Nikki sleeping together. I'm just like, this is good, and like everything for like I, I just y'all. This is a really good film. 
It really is. And I would like to get you guys' thought on Like, if you've seen it, hit me up. Carefree Black Nerd. Carefree Blurred on Twitter. Carefree Blurred on TikTok. Use the hashtag CBNPod. And let me know, what are your thoughts on Vampire in Brooklyn? Is it truly good or am I just uh, running my mouth because I'm old? <laughs> Yeah, but um, all in all, love the movie. Now, John Witherspoon's character, I enjoyed him too. Um, I think we got just enough of him. He was very much Pops from Friday. He was very much Pops from the Wayans Brothers. Like, oh my God, such a, he was such a good actor. And that fit, that fit with this role, that fit with this movie. He was a shit talker. He, uh... tripled the rent once he saw Maximilian was moving in and he saw like fancy he looked like he was just he was just no good and so good at the same time um so 90s it's very much of his time and to me Vampire in Brooklyn has always felt like gargoyles there's something about it it might be the like supernatural meets the uh woman police element but Rita felt like the Hispanic uh girl from gargoyles it's i don't i don't know what it is maybe y'all can you know check that connection for me but that really felt like one and the same or parallels of one another and i think that's why i could see so much of vampire in brooklyn being expanded even further because we did i think two or three seasons of gargoyles but but yeah that's that's what it felt like it felt very 90s everybody looked good Everything is of its time. Like the just the the payphones, the graffiti everywhere, the aesthetics, man, <sighs> man, that was wild. Um, but yeah, but the comedy part. So there was a part where um, Pastor Pauly, where Maximilian kills the the pastor and then transforms into him, and it was <sighs> that was funny. He had everyone come outside and had, you know, ceremony outside because he couldn't step foot in the church without being on fire. And he made the case for, like, good, the necessary evil. What? Evil being necessary? Necessary evil, whatever. And truly it was a pretty decent sermon. But then he got to talking about calling folks out in the audience like, there go brother so-and-so, you know, he's a good man, but he got that $2 Oh, on the corner, it's such and such. And again, of his time, very, very much issues with a lot <clears throat> in the movie. But it got to a point where it was like, ass is good, evil is good, evil ass is even good. Like, it was, it was silly as hell. And so those comedic parts where he had to, of course, play a second and third person was really good. Now, for me, Guido, that was the one that... was good but i'm like oh does this make me a bad person because he was very much playing this like italian stereotype but the makeup was done well at least in my eyes where i was like i feel like this is eddie but i can't quite remember i was like of course this is eddie and ah, oh i feel so bad even saying that but this like that was that that is the wig he should have worn The Guido wig is the wig that Maximilian should have had. Because that wig, that wig was laid. That wig did what a wig needed to do. <laughs> so, um, 
I thought he did pretty good with things, different characters. I know with Vampire in Brooklyn, what did it was some quote about the issues that um the 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 movie had in its in its reception. So <clears throat> with the critical response, Vampire in Brooklyn was supposed to of course come out during the Halloween season and it received those negative reviews. Um, and it was actually considered lesser of its time back then. Now, both Wes Craven and Annie Murphy, <coughs> excuse me, had, uh, have commented on what things that have happened or things attached to this project that they felt like was the issue. Now, that very next year, in 96, I think Wes Craven moved on to start the Scream franchise, and Eddie Murphy started doing, like, those family-friendly... Yeah, Nutty Professor. Um, so it said that in an interview with Rolling Stone, Eddie Murphy said, the reason why Vampire Brooklyn was a failure, and I quote, the only way I was able to do Nutty Professor and get out of my Paramount deal, I had to do Vampire in Brooklyn. But you know what ruined that movie? The wig. I walked out in that long-haired wig, and people said, oh, get the fuck out of here. What the hell is this? So Wes Craven also gave his reason about the failure, which was, that was kind of a screwed-up thing. Because I wanted to work with a big star, I suppose it could have been better if it were a horror movie, but it wasn't. Eddie Murphy didn't want to be funny. He wanted to be serious, and he was very difficult. He reiterates that this statement years um, later in an interview with uh, director Mick Garris, the tough part was he, Eddie Murphy, didn't want to be funny at all. He wanted to play totally straight, so I couldn't get the humor into it that I wanted to get into it. However, he did praise Eddie by calling him gifted and said he could play three characters without a sweat. It was quite remarkable. And in reference to the final product, he said, I thought it was a good film. Um, a good fun film, and it was nice to get a chance to do comedy, but I think the script really hampered it. Um, funny enough, and um, Angela Bassett, she did an interview with, I believe, Bobby Wyant, I believe that's it, and she says, I'm such a great fan of Wes Craven and Eddie Murphy, and sometimes when you're acting against him, you get kind of caught up in the charisma and the charm, but he's a vampire, and he's supposed to do that, but no, all you have to do is work. She also added that she had a really good time, so it's funny that... Um, it's funny how time, like, being removed from an event, allowing things to kind of change or progress, and you can't really see the forest for the trees because you're in it, and seeing these different receptions of the movie, but then also seeing that so many years later, this is still a cult classic of a movie. Like, this has truly inspired other depictions, or, um, or pretty much just in the pantheon of, like, good regardless if you like it or not campy or not vampire flicks and it's again i don't know any other black vampire properties that give black vampires this space that was given to eddie murphy even though there were issues with it being a comedy or playing it straight you still got a really good movie and you got a movie where it was just a black supernatural film and the humans won out because at the end, Angela Rita took back her humanity by killing Max, which was all fine and good. But like what imagine the world we would have gotten if she had have like embraced her vampire nature and they went on to be the fucking king and queen of this vampire stuff, man.
so yeah, this all in all was a really good movie. I do think that, especially with this time of year, if you're into something bloody, well not bloody, into something horror, a little camp, this is definitely the way to go. Um, now the end is what I'm most focused on because Kadeem Hardison got that ring and where his ghoulish body was disfigured and mutilated, he became the same beautiful man that he was before. Like I would have loved to have seen vampire in New York. Like what would that have looked like with him going off on his own little jaunts and dalliances and whatnot and trying to figure this vampire shit out it was kind of weird like i wanted to know a bit more of the science the magic system because from my understanding julian was made a ghoul and could eventually become a vampire so that's something different um but then with killing max it was it it gave Rita her humanity back, which I would have assumed it would have done the exact same thing to Julian, because though he didn't make him a vampire, he did, like, disfigure him and make him ghoulish. <clears throat> but then also that ring, is that ring also, like, is that ring supernaturalist uh, coupled with the ghoul supernaturalist, like, make him a vampire? Like, it was, and that was so, uh, there's so many ways to spin this story. And if you're truly looking at some sort of reboot or extension of this universe and this world, that would be an amazing way to go. Like, you could still cast Kazin to this day. Um, and, I, you know, I, y'all know I got me a little fan theory, a little, little uh, fan cast, little, uh, what would a vampire in Brooklyn 2 look like in my eyes? But uh, I'm going to say that for another time. But, yeah, this was truly a good movie and i believe it is a cult classic and a must-see movie when it comes to vampire cinema black cinema and 90 cinema for sure um and for all the amazing actors that were affiliated with this project you definitely if you're a fan of any of them definitely watch this movie um and then also the caribbean aspect like i can't think off the top of my head too many movies back in the, well, maybe so, no, 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 not really, that kind of highlighted, even if it's some fictional Caribbean place, but highlighted the Caribbean in a way that would make you want to, like, seek out more, something like Gullah Gullah Island, this, um, I'm sure there's other things, you know, I was a little kid back then, but, yeah, well, this has been fun, so hit me up on Twitter and on TikTok, Carefree Blurred, let me know what you think what your thoughts are is this a movie that you enjoy are you enjoying the blood suite brought to you by carefree black nerd and are you a vampire fan you know give me some feedback give me some black vampire movies or just some in general um yeah so um until next time uh stay carefree stay nerdy stay geeky and if you do find yourself in brooklyn getting wooed and odd by this handsome poor laced vampiric man but also on the other arm you have this i don't know jason's lyric ass nigga who's like i also like you shit get them both best of both worlds. <laughs> all right y'all